0: This is Jen from Grace for Single Parents, where your parenting and God's grace collide. Welcome back to Grace for Single Parents. I'm here today with Richard Capriola. He talked with me back in March about substance abuse with teens, and he's here today to discuss social media and teens. Welcome back, Richard.
1: Well, thank you so much for inviting me, Jen. It's a pleasure to be back here with you and to talk about this issue of social media and teenagers.
0: So let's dive right in. Do you want to start off by giving us an overview of the social media platforms that are popular with teens and how they're using them today? Sure. I
1: think this is an issue that um, parents need to be aware of uh, if they're not already um, and and to spend some time um, looking into the applications that their kids are using and how they're using them. So many teenagers this year and adults uh, are are using uh, social media sites like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat. Those are some of the more popular social media platforms. Um, You know, Instagram probably has close to over 20 million teenagers uh, using Instagram. Um, There's at least Five million teenagers who are posting on Facebook, but the one that is the most popular among the teenage population right now is TikTok. It's more popular than Instagram or Facebook. Um, it, it has well over a hundred million users in the United States, teens and adults, and worldwide it has you know hundreds of millions of people. But uh, TikTok is is the is the one that. I think teenagers are are using the most right now.
0: Yeah, I know my kids do. Yeah, I have Definitely. a granddaughter.
1: I have a granddaughter that uh, that uses TikTok uh, um,
0: quite often. Yeah. So, what are they using it for?
1: It, it varies. Um, you know, some of them are using it to uh, uh, connect with their friends. Some of them are using it just to post. Videos out there. Uh, My granddaughter uses it to post videos where she is uh, sort of lip syncing to songs. Um, Others are using them, you know, as a comedy routine. Um, But there are some applications out there that probably. Parents need to be aware that their kids need to stay away from, you know, any type of explicit language, any type of uh, uh, nudity or semi-nudity, um, because you can find, like most platforms that are out there, you can find just about anything and everything once you're on it.
0: Yeah, I think TikTok's the one too that has those different challenges, some of which have been really dangerous.
1: Yeah, and and kids for some reason seem to be curious about those type of challenge activities and, and and they need to be very careful because sometimes they can be set up to really be uh, really get involved in some activities that they shouldn't be doing.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about the Facebook research project they did on social teen media?
1: Yeah, this was a, a research project done by Facebook. It was revealed by one of their uh, uh, one of their now former employees who testified before Congress not too long ago, um, and the research uh, that that uh, was done by um, by Facebook um, showed that one of the interesting uh, findings was that. Teenagers know that these applications, these apps, are addictive. And they even express a desire to spend less time on them. But but what's interesting is, even though the teenagers would admit that they spend too much time and that they feel that these apps are really addictive, they also admit that they don't have enough self-control to change their scrolling behaviors. So it's interesting that they would say, yes, we're spending too much time, yes, we're almost becoming addicted to them, but but we don't have enough self-control to pull ourselves away from, from the excessive use of these applications. Other things that were discovered in the research was that 60% 60% of girls and 40% of boys experience some type of negative social comparison on these apps. They're comparing themselves to other people, other kids, and walking away with a negative view of themselves. 37% of girls said that they felt pressured to look perfect in their post maybe because they see other posts and other girls, and they compare themselves to them, and they and they don't think they look as attractive or as good. So they, 37% said that they actually felt pressure to look perfect in their post. Over 30% of the girls say that the content that they see, the content that they're looking at, makes them feel worse about themselves. Um, about half of them half of the users reported feeling unattractive and said the fe- feelings began on Instagram 50% of users on Facebook said that they uh, from the survey said that they felt unattractive and that those feelings were began on Instagram 14% of boys 14% of boys said Instagram made them feel worse about themselves So for teenagers who are already struggling with some type of mental health uh, challenge, um, for some kids, the social media may make those feelings uh, intensify, may make them feel worse. So I thought those were some interesting observations that came out of the Facebook research, particularly in terms of of how teenagers are comparing themselves with what they see on social media, and many times walking away not feeling good about themselves. And and they don't often realize that the images that they see on social media that they're comparing themselves to aren't really real. They're made up. They're fake, Um, but yet. They can they compare themselves to to those, especially girls, it seems, you know, they they don't see themselves perhaps as attractive as other people, and then they begin to feel bad about themselves.
0: Yeah, I think even parents can relate to a lot of what you said. I mean, I know a lot of adults do recognize we're on our phone too much, but actually breaking that habit, it's difficult. And the comparison, even for you know, grown adults can get you too. You may not even realize it at first, but you know, as you're scrolling through everyone's happy family pictures, smiling outside, (laughs) I think it does affect all of us, whether we really are realizing it or not.
1: I think it does. And, and and I think you you make two excellent points As one, we spend a lot of time on social media that, that we're probably not even aware of. You know, the time that we spend on the computers, the time that we send glued to our cell phones, the scrolling that we do. Uh, many adults are on these social media platforms too. Uh, you know, for large amounts of their time, whether it's Facebook or, or, or maybe it's Twitter or, or 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 some other social app, um, we spend an awful lot of time as a society tied to these social media apps, and. And, and and children pay attention to what their parents are doing so if we're sitting at the uh, at the dining room table or the kitchen table during mealtime and and we're glued to our phone you know don't be surprised if your kids are doing the same thing because they they see that behavior in us and if they see us constantly glued to our social media apps um they're they're glued to them as well
0: yeah it can be a hard habit to break. Um, yes, so, for the teens, is there an appropriate age for them, or maybe an amount of time every day that they can should use the app?
1: Well, when they ask cyber experts, you know, what's an appropriate age for a teenager to begin using social media, it seemed that the consensus was that for most applications age 13 or 14 seemed to be the earliest age that you would want to allow your child to begin using these apps, around age 13 or 14. The one exception was Snapchat where they recommend that age be 16. And I think that might have to do with a lot of the content that's on Snapchat and how Snapchat operates. In other words, Snapchat is, is, a, is a platform that allows you to post something and then you know, it goes away. Uh, so it's very difficult for parents to, to track it and to see what their kids are doing. That, that feature of Snapchat opens up a whole different realm of, of possibilities for how users can use it. So that might have been a reason why they recommended that teenagers be a little bit older for Snapchat, but otherwise, you know, age 13 or 14 seemed to be the consensus as the earliest age. Now, as a parent, you have to make that decision for yourself based upon your, 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 your observation, your perception of your child's maturity, their level of responsibility their behaviors. Um, you know for, for your child, it, it, it might be a little bit longer, uh, older than age 13. I wouldn't think you'd want to start younger than 13 though, but you might want to delay it if you as a parent think it's appropriate that your child not be tied to these social media applications, say, at age 13.
0: Yeah. So the Mayo Clinic recently issued some recommendations for parents for their children on okay. social media. Can you yeah. review some of those for us?
1: Yeah, they did, um, and I think they're they're a reasonable set of of, of recommendations. Uh, the first one was set reasonable limits. You know, uh, talk about uh, talk to your your children about how to avoid social media interfering with activities. You know, things like sleep time, meal time, finishing homework on time, and and encourage you know, your children to have an appropriate bedtime and sleep routine. Um, And they recommended keeping cell phones and tablets out of the teenager's bedrooms. I know that's very difficult to do. Uh, My granddaughters, um, they're on their phones, uh, you know, it seems almost constantly, even into the evening. Um, But uh, when they visit us, for example, we, we have the ability, and I think other parents have this too, the ability to shut down their connection to the internet at a certain time, and we would do that. Um, and that's an option that I think parents have too. You can, you can set the devices so that if you don't want your child uh, you know, scrolling through the internet at two o'clock in the morning, you can shut off their access. You know you can go through either your internet provider or your cell phone provider to see what, what kinds of controls and limits you can you can put on that but but one of the recommendations was to keep these devices out of bedrooms that may be a real challenge for parents but but also make sure that their use is not is not significantly curtailing other activities such as such as sleep and meals and homework and interacting face to face with their friends. The other recommendation, another recommendation was to to monitor your child's accounts. Uh, and, let, and let your children know that you will regularly be checking on their accounts and then make sure you follow through on that. I thought that was an important recommendation as well. Third, explain what's not okay. You know, discourage any type of gossiping, discourage spreading rumors or bullying or damaging someone's reputation. Talk to your child about what is appropriate and what is safe on social media, and have that discussion early on, You know, just as they're beginning to use social media and reinforce it from time to time. This is not something you just have one discussion on and then you forget about it. It's a discussion you probably should have on a routine basis, talking about what they're seeing, talking about what's appropriate, reinforcing what's, in, what's appropriate and what's safe and emphasizing what's safe um, uh, on social media platforms they also recommended encourage your children to continue with face-to-face contact with their friends especially teenagers who are vulnerable to social anxiety uh, Encourage them not to isolate not to not to become preoccupied with social media but encourage them to interact face-to-face with their friends and then talk about the social media talk about habits ask your teenager you know how are you using social media? Find out how they're using social media and how it makes them feel. Remind them that not everything that they see on social media is accurate. Uh, It is full of unrealistic images that girls and boys compared themselves to, and and maybe in a negative way, walk away with negative feelings. So have a discussion about, you know, what they're seeing on social media and how some of these things just are not real. Um, And then finally, as I said earlier, use the parental controls that are available. Uh, Check with your uh, internet provider, check with your cell phone carrier, and see what, what Options are available for you to control the 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 uh, the cell phones and the tablets that your children might be using. I would also say that you know, as a parent, become familiar with what your what these applications are. Become familiar with what your children are using these applications for. If they're on um, Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat, take time to find out what they're using it for. Have discussions with them about what they're seeing on those applications and what they're using them for. Uh, ask them before they even get into an application, how do you plan to use it? What are you going to use it for? What what what, 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 what do you need to be on this for? What, what's your objective? And, you know, and, and what's what sort of things do you want to post, you know, ask your child, find out what do you plan to post, you know, are you just going to have conversations are you going to post videos are you going to post pictures, what do you intend to do with this application. Um, so those are some of the guidelines that uh, Mayo Clinic came out with and some of the suggestions that I that I think parents hopefully will find helpful.
0: I know within my family, and I know we're not the only ones, when the pandemic hit, I became very lenient on the phone because that was their only way of connecting with their friends. And so trying to get back to what we were before and opening up discussions, you know, that we may not have, we may have let them go for a while. It can be difficult to get back into all of that.
1: That, that. that is so very true because during the pandemic, so many change so many things changed for for children and for adults. And we were isolated, you know, we were away from um, our social interactions, children were away from their activities and their friends. And and I think that that caused um, an increase in the use of these social applications uh, as, as teenagers and adults tried to connect with the world and with their friends and with their associates. Um, now that we're moving past the pandemic and, and kids are back in school and back into their social environments, uh, it can be a real challenge now for parents to come back and say, "Okay, well, the environment's a little bit different now. We need to, we need to be mindful of the amount of time that we're spending." And 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 parents can exhibit that behavior too. Um, you know, you can't really tell your child where well, you're spending too much time on on your iPhone or your or your or your iPad or whatever they're using, and we're spending an exorbitant amount of time exhibiting that same behavior. So I agree, it, it can be a challenge now that we're past the endemic, pandemic, and people are back into and kids are back into their social environment to try and get them to, to pull back from it. But as I was saying earlier, you know, the Facebook research showed that kids know that they're spending too much time. They feel almost addicted uh, to, to these applications. But, but like adults, they also admit, I don't have enough self-control to change my scrolling behavior. How many adults can say that same thing? It's just right. that the kids were willing to admit it.
0: Yeah. And things like I noticed I had trouble like reading a book for a long time. You know, like my, my focus, I'm so used to it being cut off and going and scrolling here, looking at this. Then when I sit down to read a book, it's 10 minutes can almost be too hard. I've since put down the phone a lot more and really worked on it but if that's happening to us I'm sure it's happening to our kids with their attention spans.
1: Yeah, I think it has affected our, our attention span both uh, for kids and and for adults. We we just seem to be so impatient that we don't have time anymore to sit down and take the time to to read a book or or you know have a face-to-face conversation. Everything is is instant in social media and we want things done rapidly.
0: Yeah. So most of my listeners are single parents. And I hear from a lot of them that raising teenagers by themselves is very stressful. And during this, this conversation with social media, what can sometimes happen is, is we don't take action because of the overwhelm. So I just wondered if you could give like one piece of actual advice to a single parent of a teen. You know, what's one thing that they should maybe stop or start doing with social media? I think
1: parents need to be aware of what's going on with social media. I think that they need to be more, more curious about the things that are being placed on, on social media. And if they need to download the app, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and just scroll through them and and, and become familiar with with what they're seeing. Now, some of it might offend them. Some of them might seem appalling. But I think the more that they're informed about these applications and what's on these applications, I think the better they can deal with this situation with their kids. Um, So I think if I was a single parent, one of the things I would want to do is download these apps, spend some time becoming familiar with them. Even if your child is not on them right now, be familiar with them. Know what the content is. Uh, know, know what's being posted on there. Just flip through them and, and, and look at them. I mean, you can get on TikTok and you can just scroll real quickly through them. And all of a sudden, you're going to see everything pop up from uh, things that you will find humorous, things that will make you laugh. Uh, but there might be some things that you would think, well, that's, that's just not right. So take some time. Download the apps, become familiar with them. You'll become better informed about them.
0: Great. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me and for participating in this discussion. And I hope all the parents out there um, have been able to, um, to learn some things and maybe feel a little bit more confident about this issue now. I hope so.
0: Great. Thanks. Okay. thanks, Jen. If you're a single parent, I invite you to check out my free ebook, Parenting Alone with Confidence. You can find it on graceforsingleparents.com and it'll be in the show notes. Thanks for listening.